The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Safeway Open. As usual, I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing this week there, brother? <laughs> Jeez, I don't know about all that, but I'm doing well. A uh, lot, lot of uh, technical difficulties tonight between us before the pod, but we got her all working. So excited for this. Had a pretty good week. And yeah, talking about golf instead of football is always a good thing after a losing week in football. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I I made the biggest mistake. Let's talk about the tournament itself last week. The uh, uh, now my mind just went back. The Sanderson Farms out of the Country Club of Jackson. We saw Munoz uh, go in there and take it down. It was pretty impressive stuff that he did because uh, that bogey he had on Sunday on like the 14th hole where he lipped out, where you know everyone was birdie in that hole. You know, it was like a two shot swing. Uh, to, to fall out of the lead. You saw Sungjae just going ham on the back. And, of course, I decided to fade Sungjae. I'm sorry if you guys listened to me last week. I apologize about that. That did not, that did not work out that well. But I did have Munoz as one of my um, as one of my bets on the betting segment. So that's, what, four winners in the last five PGA Tour events. If you go back to uh, Patrick Reed at the Northern Trust Open, Justin Thomas uh, at the BMW. I got second with Xander at the um, – Tour Championship, won the Greenbrier with Neiman, won with the last week with Munoz, so it was nice. His putt uh, that he made on 18 was really, really sick. Uh, you know, to make it for a playoff, he had about an 18-footer. Uh, it reminded me of the, uh, I think it was Adam Long who did that against Phil and uh, and Hadwin, if I'm not sure, earlier this year, where they just made that huge putt at the end uh, to bring it to, to, to win the tournament. This one was for uh, the, the tie. And then uh, Sungjae, you know, flew the green, you know, chunked his chip. And then it was all Munoz. So it was, it was a nice little win for him. Munoz is also in my cash game cornerstones last week. So I've had, uh, you know, I've gone three or four the first two weeks in my cash game cornerstones of this season, but I've had the winner uh, both times in the cash game cornerstone. So it's worked out. But for me, the, the late tinker killed me. Uh, I decided at the very end, I had English and Castro as my final two spots after my cash game cornerstones. And then like, Early Thursday morning, I got nervous about English and Castro, and I put in Nick Taylor and Harold Higgs, and they both missed the cut, and I missed out on cashing by about 10 points, uh, going three of six 
<laughs> I missed out on cashing by about 10 points. So that was really, really tilting. How did you do last week? And what did you think of the tournament itself, Tambo? Tournament was good. The putt, like you said, reminded me of, you know, the Adam Long or the Killer Keith, right? When he dropped it down there at the Honda. So, uh, you know, the emotion, the fact that nobody had really birdied that hole. It was just he needed it to get to the playoffs. Sungjae was doing his thing on the range like he always is, you know, running, playing every event, practicing before, first one on, last one off. I mean, I kind of wanted to be on the bet. I got a little FOMO bet in there because both you on the pod and Gup throughout the week were on Munoz. So I said, oh, I got to check it out. I wasn't really on him much in DFS. I talked about him a little as agreeing with you that he'd been on fire, but that whole range was filled with guys. So I didn't really go too hard on him. I'll tell you a funny story in a second about that English uh, Castro decision. But um, yeah, so I, I was good with that. And then when I saw him, you know, I, once it was there and it was big money for everybody around me was on the line. I wanted Munoz to win. It was just funny to see, you know, they, they both had that adrenaline going. And then for Munoz to make that shot and tap it up tight and be able to close it out, the, the M putt was embarrassing, obviously, to try and extend it. Just it yeah. pushed it completely. That kind of sucked. But I mean, it was is what it is. But it was good to see Munoz get the win. He said in some interviews after that, you know, the Neiman win had inspired him. You know, a couple more things quick. All over Benny Ann, Streelman last week, they were both right in the mix. But Benny Ann today on Twitter, I loved it, you know, said it just reminded me, and I can relate to DFS, is that he, he talked about how, like, no someone, you know, trolled him on Twitter saying how, you know, you should have won. And he's like, no, it's not how it works out here on the PGA Tour. It's not – you don't guarantee you're, – you're not, you're not supposed to win, basically. When you do, we're all good enough to do it. And he said Munoz deserved it. So it happens, right? You, you know, you can only put yourself in the position to get lucky and, and have the spots there to make it happen. And he did that for another time. We'll talk more about him later on. But, uh, you know, good to see him up there again. The guy's grinding, man. He's really trying to get it there. So I'll mention him a lot on this podcast. As far as DFS went, pretty good week. Came up just shy in the $200 single entry with a five out of six. I uh, had a really good team. It, it crushed in the in the three-man. I had it everywhere. Uh, the funny story on the, the cash game cornerstones of yours there, I, I'm always trying to figure it out, Kenny, because you don't even tell me. Like, you and I don't talk about it, right? We You tell me the cash game cornerstones before the pod, like right before we go on, just so I have a heads up, just for when we're doing, you know, talking points. And sometimes we hint at that and whatever as we're going on throughout the pod. But um, I put in English and Castro because you really went hard on English on the pod last week. And so I was like, I must be English and Castro, then I'll just do it. And I ran it. And uh, it ended up cashing, but the Connors play, who I had nowhere else, I was fading him. At, by, by the time Wednesday came around, I was off Connors just because there was other guys there between Poston and how much love I had for Benny Ann. It was just tough to get on him. And that's the lineup there with that five out of six. And that lineup did really well beyond Connors. So I, I did roll those two guys that I thought you were thinking of in the lineup in the $44, and I did quite well. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably would have been top 5% in double ups. Uh, so yeah. I really screwed the pooch on that one. So that gives me back-to-back losing weeks to start the year, but back-to-back hits on bets. So overall, it was a winning week if you count the betting segment uh, as well. So because I, you know, I think I put like like ten bucks on on Munoz for five hundred fifty dollars. I think it was like fifty or fifty-five to one or something like that. So yeah, that was a nice little come up for ten dollars, and I only bet about a hundred dollars a week. So that was a nice little uh, pocket change that I got right there. Uh, but the DFS one, I was just tilting over that the whole week. I mean, it's a late night tinkering. He's just stupid. I feel like I should. I, I always do it, and I feel like you know, like eight times, four out of every five times, it goes against me. So, so, so that one hurt a little bit. But yeah, English, he's been looking good. Um, you saw Ben on I'll almost have another chance uh, this week. Just can't really pull it out for some reason. He always does well during the week of the BMW Championship uh, over at the PGA on the Euro Tour. Like I think he's won like. He won, the, he won that event once, and he's come, like, top five every time he's played that week in any other country or any other tournament that he's played, which is crazy. And and, and, and the weeks have changed. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a new schedule for the BMW PGA this, this year. So, I mean, it's something about that he does well. And then uh, talking about uh, Munoz's birdie putt on 18, I think there was only five birdies uh, on that hole, the whole round before him. So something like, you know, five birdies and 67 golfers uh, before that final group showed up. So that was a huge birdie for him. Great win. Uh, good for me, I guess, is to try to keep the streak going. Uh, we also had Bazzelli, who I liked, go up there pretty strong. Streelman, who you were big on, uh, was pretty strong. You had Ortiz up there. So, I mean, all these Spanish-speaking country golf players sort of balling out. Yeah. <laughs> so far, you know, we had, we had Neiman last week. We had Munoz uh, th- uh, this week. Maybe it's like Grillo. Maybe it's Grillo time. Maybe Grillo time. 
And you know, I love Grillo. That, that was the other guy. Back. I should have pivoted to him off Connors. I had him everywhere, but in that one lineup I'm talking about, that was the guy I loved that got me up there. He was in my $200 single entry, in my main, uh, just the right price for a good player. And again, like you said, this could be a week. He's won here before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I wasn't too angry about the Connors. I mean, that's going to happen. When, you know, a supreme ball striker who's been striking the ball that well, but a shitty-ass putter. If they have one of those shitty-ass putting weeks, they're going to miss the cut, and that's what happened. Uh, you know, if he did anything a little bit better with his putter, he would have been fine. And if he was average with his putter, he probably would have been, you know, top 25 or better. So I'm, I'm not really that disappointed about that pick. Uh, you know, I don't think it was a mistake pick. I just think, you know, the putter just didn't show up, and that's just what's going to happen sometimes yeah. uh, in golf. I mean, it's just uh, – <laughs> Lots of times. Lots yeah, of times. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was one of the best tee to green going into the tournament that whatever there was. So, you know, it, it hurts, but you move on, you you try and learn from it, but you, I don't think you take too much from that and you keep doing what you're doing when you're playing these, you know, supreme ball strikers who are shitty putters. Because in all honesty, I think it's a lot easier for a supreme ball striker to have an average or good putting week than it is for a, a great putter who's not very good tee to green to, to have – an amazing tee to green week and keep his putter hot. It's just an idea. I could be wrong. Uh, it could be the wrong train of thought, but that's just the way I think about it when it comes to golfers. So uh, I'm not the biggest, uh, I wasn't that hurt. I wasn't that upset about it. Uh, even though if he made the cut, then I probably would have cashed in double ups. But anyways, we move on. So before we get into this week, let's go over the listener league winner from last week. It looks like it was a woman. I think this is the second time or second or third time ever a woman has taken down the uh, fantasy golf degenerates listener league. It's a, it's UT mama. So hopefully it's not university of Tennessee. Uh, mama, Texas. Because maybe. If it's Texas, that's a little bit better, but university of Tennessee, you guys are struggling over there. So I, <laughs> if you're, if you're a Tennessee fan there, mama, I apologize for you right there. The Hokies aren't doing that great either. So there we go. All right. So the, the lineup at 535 points, uh, she had Sung JM, uh, finished second, of course, 14% owned. Scotty Scheffler, 39% owned, finishing 16th. He just can't really get a Sunday down, can he? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Harris English, 11% owned, finished in sixth. Uh, Sam Burns, 14% owned, finished in 45th. Peter Uline, 3% owned, finished in 23rd. And then Brian Stewart, uh, 4% owned, finished in 28th. I'd say this is definitely a GPP lineup. What do you think? Yeah, it's very similar. You know, a couple, same sort of the setup that I like, right? It's got the one super chalk and Scheffler who I liked Ann a lot more. That was one of my main pivots last week. Talked about it on the pod, wrote it up on Gup's Corner. Ben Ann outdid him in the end, but obviously Scheffler was a good play. It was just, and I don't know if she had the money for it or not, but, um, you know, you got the, the chalk guy. You got a couple mid-tiers in M and Burns who we both loved. You got your English play in there, who's pretty much, you know, 11%, just over. And then you got two cheap ones at Stewart and, and Uline, who both, whatever, uh, you know, Stewart we talked a little about, wasn't on Uline, but yeah, good, great lineup all around. Lots of points, 535, a blow. Second place was 497. Shout out to me in fifth, 480.5, five out of six. Uh, you know, it was funny, the third, fourth, and fifth place all had five out of six lineups get up there and still almost put up 500 points. So, not not a bad showing for me, but uh, shout out UT Mama. We'll see her in the three man this week. Yeah, I mean, well, thinking about the, the change in the cut rules, it seems like it's been affecting DFS pretty strongly. Um, you look at you know it's been less than five percent six to six the first two weeks uh, in cash and GPPs. You look uh, in 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 cash games this past week. I think it was just a little bit above third, like maybe thirty two percent of lineups, thirty three percent of lineups had four of six or better. Um, in, in cash. I think that was the right number because I mean, I had three is six and I was right on the bubble. Um, yeah. you know, I did have the winner. Uh, so, I mean, that's the thing it, 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 that, that I think last week there were like 14 or 15 golfers. So in the last couple of weeks, there's been like 35 golfers that would have made the cut in these two events, uh, with the rule, if the rules didn't change, that's a, a lot of golfers. That's about 10% of the field. Um, you know, more than 10% of the field, uh, for both these tournaments. So it's definitely going to, it's definitely playing a difference. It's definitely making it a little bit tougher. And so adjustments are going to be have to probably have to be made. And this is a great time to do it here during the fall swing. So once the regular season there starts, you can have your, your uh, the idea of how you want to roll with things going. And of course I'm still learning about it because of this new uh, cut chain. So we'll see if I can get better at it, but let's move on to this week. The PGA tour heads to California, 
for the Safeway Open from Silverado Country Club's North Course. This event has been played at this course for the last five years, so you know, looking at results prior to 2014 is probably unnecessary. Uh, weather could definitely be a factor here, with chilly morning temperatures playing havoc on distance control and high winds being the norm. Now, Silverado Country Club's North Course is a 7,166-yard Par 72 was the standard four par threes and four par fives. It was first designed by Robert Trent Jones and then redesigned by Johnny Miller in 2011. And he's hoping to get a U.S. Open there at some point in time. The course is, you know, it, maybe if they get the rough up a little bit, it's possible. Uh, the four par fives are the four easiest holes on the course, and the majority of golfers will attempt to reach them in two. Uh, the finishing three holes could lead to some drama on Sunday as 16 and 18 are both par fives. And depending on the tee box, the par four 17th is short enough that some golfers could attempt to go for the green on the tee shot. Uh, off the tee, golfers will see tight tree-line fairways. The trees are mostly sporadic, not bunched together like a lot of East Coast courses. But these trees are very tall and towering. Uh, the fairways themselves are fairly hilly with some slope and golfers will have to deal with fairway bunkers placed strategically in the landing zones. Uh, the rough around the fairways has two levels. The first cut of rough stretches out about 10 feet from the edge of the fairway and shouldn't be a problem for golfers because the length is minuscule. The main cut of rough is a blend of Kentucky bluegrass and rye, which can get gnarly, uh, but this is a resort course, so the rough shouldn't get more than two and a half, three inches long. Uh, so the rough shouldn't be too bad to play out of this week, as long as golfers miss on the correct side. There are quite a few dog legs, and missing on the wrong side could make approach shots more tricky, especially when you take into account the large trees throughout the course. So you are going to see plenty of less to driver by a lot of the golfers on these holes to get the right positioning when it comes to their approach shot. Uh, golfers that have a low ball flight distance, a low ball flight could have a disadvantage if they hit it in hit the ball in the rough off the tee because the greens can play very firm here if there is no rain. Uh, as of now, there is no rain in the forecast, and it has been very dry for the last month. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see bent grass uh, greens with POA. Uh, blended in together that are average in size. Johnny Miller has stated in interviews that he wanted the greens to have, you know, an Augusta feel. Uh, this shows that the greens are slightly elevated and have a good amount of slope and undulation. Greenside bunkers are prevalent and most guard the front of the greens. Many of the holes have tight mown runoff areas and missed approach shots uh, that land in these areas will make for a very tough up and down on these elevated, heavily undulating greens. Uh, now, as stated above, the greens can play firm and uh, usually have a stint meter rating of around 11.5. Now, POA greens, uh, they tend to get bumpy as the day goes on, but Justin Rose did say a few years ago that these were some of the smoothest POA greens he has ever played on. Now, if you're looking for courses that are similar to Silverado while doing your research, check out uh, Riviera Country Club, TPC San Antonio, and the old uh, Byron Nelson's TPC Four Seasons. All right, Tambo, what stats are you looking for this week? Ball strikers. Yeah, big, big time ball striker week, I think. Strokes gained approach. Uh, you know, birdies are better. Obviously, you still got to you know, score here. I think it's something like 20 birdies average, you know, to get there. So uh, for the winners that we've seen, and, and the scores don't get super low here, but you see like minus 15, minus 16, that type range, 14. Um, proximity, wedges mainly, you know, 100 to 150 type range, looking at that. And then, you know, looking for a little bit of scrambling and around the greens, it's really you know, a lot of the quotes on the course talked about setting yourself up for the right putt here. So, I, you know, guys and the way they're doing it, if they're not hitting the green, they're just trying to put it in the right place and then make their putt. So it's not really a, you know, that they have to hit every green and they hit less fairways out of the gate already, but the ref roughly you said is less penal. So there, there's definitely ways for them to get it up there and then they can just put it as tight as they can. And then putting is sort of a mix. Like you said, with this poet, with these poet greens. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the last four winners here, um, all four, were outside the top 100 in strokes game punting for the year that they won. So, and all, and, uh, you know, three, uh, and then Steele and Grillo, you know, supreme ball strikers, especially during that time. Uh, Kevin Tway, pretty good ball striker, you know, better in average uh, off the tee and on an approach shot. So, you know, that's sort of what you're looking for this week when it comes down to it. So let's get to these tiers for this week. We're going to start in this 10K range, of course. So we have Sung Jay all the way up to Mr. Justin Thomas making his first appearance in this field. Who do you got in this range? Heavy in this range this week. Uh, I'm going to go more stars and scrubs. It's not really a change just because the, you know, six out of six thing, the sample size is two weeks. So I'm just sort of playing the, the swing season the same way. 
and seeing what happens. Uh, it's not going to be enough sample size even at the end of that, but I don't want to mess around with it too much. I just actually like the studs here so much better than sort of that mid-range. And, and there's a few guys in the mid-range that I'll talk about, but I really like sort of 9K and up more than I like the 8,900 8, and down. So at the top, Justin Thomas, obvious stud, amazing run to end the playoffs, good on POA, you know, solid with wedges, amazing all around. We know that. Uh, he does have some course history here. He's got an eighth and a third the last two times he's played it. So Definitely like Justin Thomas. have no problem fitting him into the lineups. Uh, I do like Sungjae down at 10-1 just because of his form. You know, second, 19th, last two events. Course history-wise, he was fourth here last time out. And his stats do show up that he's a little bit better on POA as well, which is a theme for me. Uh, like you said, those greens can get bumpier in the afternoon. Rose said that one time. But at the end of the day, it, it, this course is going to be tricky because some of the stuff that I read talks not only about that, but also about the fact that, you know, the weather change, right? If you get really cold mornings and hot afternoons, ball goes a little bit further, a little bit easier to adjust, that sort of thing. So it sort of can cancel out if those greens are getting a little bit bumpier. But I still want guys that are good on these, you know, these types, you know, in this setup. So uh, lastly is my first T3PO of the week. And you guys know I'm sticking with my brand. I don't play five-figure Hideki. I know he's got great history back in 2013, 14, and 15. I know he's a great ball striker and he finished the season strong and the price seems cheap, but I like all the guys above him. I'll stick with Adam Scott. Doesn't play as often, uh, you know, on the season. You just don't, you don't see a lot of tournaments for him, but he does have six top tens in his last eight events. And he has been better on POA as well. Uh, also, when it comes down to wedges, he does show up in the last 50 rounds better than Matsuyama from that 125, 150 range, Kenny. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make a wrong decision in this range because there are a bunch of studs in this field, but I'm going to start off with Justin Thomas. I mean, he's the class of the field. There's no doubt about that. I don't care if his ownership is going to be 35% or whatever. I mean, this guy is just leaps and bounds above, uh, you know, talent-wise than anyone else in this field, and I think that's not even a question. Uh, so I'm definitely going to use Justin Thomas. And I thought about Patrick Cantlay too, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and take all of his shares that I thought of using and just put it on JT this week. Uh, I'm also going to play Sungjae. Uh, this week, I was wrong about him last week, and I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. He's come in close uh, here recently. I think he had a top five here last year, a top 10 here last year coming into this tournament. His putter has been nice. He looked a lot better with his irons last week especially from the 125 to 150 range. I thought that he played a little bit better. He's actually been crushing par fives. This is one thing I didn't realize about Sungjae. He's uh, first in strokes game par five in the last 50 rounds in this field. So there's four of them here, and you're going to have to score on them. Uh, but I do think that, you know, par four scoring is going to be very important. I mean, if you look at the pass uh, here, I think if you if you look, um, I think uh, Finau had – shot like two strokes bet like shot nine under on the par uh par fives here in 2015 but Grillo beat him uh by a good amount because he crushed him on par fours uh same thing happened again uh, with Sang Moon Bay the year he won he crushed it on par fours so I think that you know the par four scoring is going to be the difference maker because the par fives are going to play easy now you can't suck at the par fives uh but you know the par four scoring is going to be where the difference comes and so I do like Sungjae. He's good at par four scoring, too. He's 16th in the last 50 rounds in this field. So let's move on to this 9K range. I got a couple of my cash game cornerstones here. First, I'm going to go back to uh, – I'm going to go Benny on. Uh, I did like him last week. Uh, he, he sort of fell apart on Sunday again. But the guy doesn't miss too many cuts. Um, you know, ball striker extraordinaire, tee to green, top five in this field in the last 50 rounds. He's been excellent on par fours. This course also, you know, even though it is a resort course – uh, there still gives up quite a few bogeys, uh, not huge numbers, not not a bunch of doubles, not a bunch of triples, uh, but I think it was like the thirteenth most bogeys uh, on a on a on a uh, on a course last year uh, on tour. I think I, I, I'd have to double check the the exact numbers, but you know bogey avoidance I think would be important as well. He's second in bogey avoidance in the last fifty rounds. So Byung-Hun, Benny on is my first cash game cornerstone at ninety five hundred dollars. Uh, then I do like Ryan Moore. I think everyone likes Ryan Moore this week. Uh, sort of a course horse has played this course extremely well. Uh, you know his iron game has been very very strong uh, here recently and. Okay, there we go. Wow, my computer just freaked out. Uh, you know, his iron game, always strong. Tee to green game, you know, always strong. Uh, plays this course pretty well. It has really good putting stats on POA. He's gained strokes with his approaches in like six of his last seven, including like 
you know, five of those six, he's gained more than three and a half strokes with his approaches. So, you know, the ball striking is there. If you can get that putting uh, better. And of course, Poa is his best putting surface. Uh, I think he can make noise. So I do like Ryan Moore as my second cash game cornerstone pick. When it comes to GPPs, uh, I do like Kevin Na. I'm going all Korean this week. It's roster to Korean week. Uh, you know, Kevin Na is coming off a pretty good defense on the Greenbrier, finishing in the top 20. Um, the putting is there. Uh, he's played this course well in the past. He's really good with his wedges. So I do like Na. And then my and I'll probably play a little bit of Sneds as well. I think four of his wins have come on POA throughout his career. We know his putting prowess. If he can get his, um, you know, if he can get his iron game and his heated green back up a little bit, and that's been bad, uh, you know, but he's been doing most of his damage from around the green and off the tee. His approach game has just been okay. If he can start hitting a few more greens, getting a little bit more proximity, I think he can make noise, especially with his putting prowess on POA. Who do you like in this 9K range? I got a few guys. You know, the the interesting ones that I'm skipping over at the top are Bryson and Molinari. I, I can't really make a decision on that yet, but I like the guys below them a lot more as it stands. So uh, one note on Ryan Moore, I'm not really going to be heavy on him on DK. I think he's going to be really popular. I think It's not a pivot at all or a T3PO, but this guy's got the good course history. But FanDuel really fucked up his price and put him in the pool at $7,000, the min price. So not sure if they're going to change that or not when they bring in the qualifiers and make note of it. But if not, you know, I'm going to get my exposure over on FanDuel and just avoid them on DraftKings. Uh, as far as the guys I like, you mentioned Snedeker. You mentioned a lot of the guys, but, you know, like you said, the Poe King, four wins on Poe since 2008, I think five of his nine total. Um, you know, he, that's like second place on Poe in the, since 2008 behind Lefty with five. So uh, he's definitely usually a better ball striker than last week, and he still made the cut. So I expect more here from him, discounted rate, kind of like that. Benny Ann, going to talk a lot about him, I said, but great form, keep riding it. You know, third last week, he's a University of Cali or a Berkeley guy or something. So, you know, he's got local ties to that. He's done well on the West Coast and on POA courses over there on the West Coast in the past. Gain strokes putting. This is a crazy thing. I look back. He's gained strokes putting now, last week for sure, and six of his last nine events, surprisingly. That's not something you put together with Benny Ann. So uh, I do like him. Definitely more on him afterwards. Colin Morikawa. Stud. This is, uh, you know, this week's Scheffler. And Scheffler, you know, I, I was pivoting off from four and last week. I'm going to play both these guys this week with Anna Morikawa there. Cali Kid himself. Uh, it's a tough field, but this is a venue that should suit him. He's going to elite ball striker. His proximity is insane. We watched that last year. We were just putting it to like five feet every single time. Uh, you know, the Canadian Open, the RBC Canadian Open was another correlation course I saw today. Uh, you know, in the sense of it's not really, but like Paul Green's a little bit tougher field, same sort of thing you're dealing with, uh, you know, pound it out there, put it wherever, and then you just got to get it up tight. And there is a lot of around the green, that sort of stuff. So uh, Morikawa gained tee to green and approach in eight of 10 events. One interesting note I found or a little Tambo's tidbit was his only miscut on tour of 10 events was at the Safeway in 2016. Obviously a totally different golfer, but I thought that was interesting that he's nine out of 10 cuts made. And that was the only one that he missed. Guy I like over Ryan Moore, again, not a pivot. I've got two others, but I do like Ches Reeve. Uh, he won on Poa at the Travelers, solid off the tee, good ball striker. Obviously, we know he can get caught, get, get hot, and he is fairly priced, I think, at 9,200 in this range. Uh, and then lastly, you mentioned Kevin Na, 37th, 7th, 2nd, and 3rd in four times at this event, 14th at the Greenbrier. And when you talk about scrambling and around the green game, I like Kevin Na. We know he can make those putts from short range. I'll go with him at 9,000 dead even. All right, so before we move into this HK range, let's talk about GupsCorner.com. Use promo code DGEN10. Get yourself a 10% discount on a subscription to GupsCorner.com. A year-long subscription uh, goes for 365 straight days. Uh, you can also get a month-long subscription. Go ahead and use that promo code. It's one of the best sites out there. It's got everything you need. Uh, you know, I've been on a little bit of a heater when it comes to gambling, uh, making golf bets, but Gup has been phenomenal. Uh, this year, I think in the, in 2019 itself, he has like seven or eight outright hits, and there's only been like 40 events. There's probably been less than 40 events, like 38 events. So I mean, that's a that's an insane clip for golf betting, and he puts out his golf bets each and every week. It's also great for DFS. It has my course preview and stats to look for. Tambo's pivot options, and they're always a little bit more extra on there than what we say on the pod. You also get Gup's rankings, Gup's ownership projections, all that great stuff. Plus, you get football as well so it's football and golf both for the same price it's a great deal go ahead go on the gupscorner.com right now use promo code dgen10 save yourself 10 percent all right so let's move on to this 8k range 
a couple of golfers that I do like. One guy that sticks out to me that we talked about earlier, Emiliano Grillo. Uh, the guy is the tee to green man. Uh, we've seen it happen. He's won on this course before. We've seen poor putters with great tee to green, with great ball striking stats do well here. Uh, he's first in strokes gain approach in this field in the last 50 rounds, seventh in strokes gain tee to green. Uh, you know, he's actually been very good at the par four ranges. I think a par four that from 400 to 450 yards, you're looking at like half the par fours uh, in this field or in this event are from that 400 to 450 yard range. He's top 20 in that stat as well. Top 25 in wedge play from 125 to 150. Uh, I think he's going to make a good play this week. Uh, Scott Piercy, another guy who's been playing pretty good golf. If you look at it, the green buyer, he was actually first in par five scoring. And of course, you're going to need that trying to get all those par fives, make birdie every single time. He's also good at avoiding bogeys, strong on par fours. Uh, so I do like Piercy uh, in this range as well. Uh, another guy I do like is Bronson Burgoon, who's been having a pretty good couple of weeks so far. Some good finishes. Been really good with his long irons. We'll see a couple, uh, a, a few approaches from the 200-plus yard range uh, in this in this event. We'll definitely see. He's been doing very well in that aspect of his game. Uh, also, his approach game total uh, has been really strong, especially in the last few events. If you look, he's top five in strokes gain approach in this field in the last 50 rounds, uh, top 25 in basically every other ranking that I'm looking for over the stat, uh, top 30. So he, I think he makes a good play this week for GPPs. Who do you like in this 8K range? Grillo won't beat a dead horse. Love him. Price drop only because of the field strength. So that makes sense. But solid course history. We talked about it before. He's won here before. Uh, very good. Pretty good stats last week, actually. That's a very good stats last week. And, and just the same stories as, as always. Really has to find the putter. So uh, maybe coming back here, he, he finds some of that and gets it going. Scott Piercy, you mentioned. Uh, What's that? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead okay. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, Scott Piercy, you know, you talked about him. I'll see if he becomes popular or not. You know, you're liking him. I do like him, but he's another guy. Same on FanDuel. They really fucked up his price. So I, I might just <laughs> pop him and. Uh, him and more into some lineups over there and leave it be on DraftKings, get my exposure that way, hedge off a little bit. Uh, I, I'm going to go to Corey Connors this week after I was off him. Uh, you know, last week I kind of liked him, but, you know, I didn't end up really playing a lot of him. Talked about it in the Gups Corner side on the Slack. Uh, but hoping everyone hops off after last week. He's got the price drop, field strength. Obviously, we just talked about that. He was solid tee to green in approach, but horrible with the putter. So I'm going to hop back on. He's actually gained uh, strokes. He's got strokes gained 10 of his last 12 tee to green. Nine of his last 12 on approach. We know he's a solid ball striker. Not going to go super heavy on him, but I do like him. And then I'm sticking with my guy for my second T3PO here. So T3PO number two is going to be Kevin Streelman over lefty. Uh, only because I think lefty could get a little bit of popularity. People like him at this course. They know he's a Cali guy. Lots of quotes around him. He can putt well on POA. His history is like a 17th, a third, and an eighth. Uh, I just never – and, and they, uh, they're going to talk about how – Lefty can just drive it out there off the tee and put it wherever he wants because the rough's not going to be as much of an issue. And then put it up tight. We know he's got the around the green game, can make putts. If he's not going to be popular, I guess you could go that way. I really don't like having any of him. And I'm going back to Streelman. Fourth last week. It was mostly putter, which is a little bit scary, but he's got a 25th and a 13th here in his last two outings. And we know he's usually a pretty solid ball striker. It's just a fair price. Uh, so something like filling in your cash lineup or finishing out, you know, if you've got enough differentiation in your GPP lineup, you can definitely fit them in for value. And then at the very bottom, 8,000 dead even, I like Bronson Burgoon. Uh, very solid outing at the Sanderson T6. He had stats right across the board, were solid. Uh, he's actually gained on Tita Green at approach in all six of his last six. Has been better on POA so far into his, you know, shorter career or shortish so far career. Uh, and then 53rd here last year and 17th the year before that. All right. So let's move to the 7K range. Uh, before we move on, I do notice the, uh, the the audio issues we're having. I do apologize about that. We will get that fixed for next week. But uh, this week we've been having a little bit of issues trying to even get started uh, because of some problems we've had audio-wise. So we do apologize. Just bear with us. We'll get that fixed by next week. But let's go into the 7K range. Uh, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be Dylan Fratelli at $7,900. He played extremely well last year, a whole bunch uh, last week, a whole bunch of birdies. And last year he made the cut here. He did pretty well as well. His iron game has been strong. He's been crushing par fives here uh you know throughout his whole career uh really good making a ton of birdies uh you know top 15 and i think uh drafting points in the last uh maybe top 20 in drafting points in the last 50 rounds in this field and you're going to need those type of points here when it comes down to it 
because there are going to be a ton of birdies here, uh, even with a good amount of bogeys. Decent bogey avoidance, I think 31st in his last 50 rounds. Uh, top 30 and birdies are better gained as well. Iron game looks like it's improving. So I do like Fratelli as my third cash game cornerstone pick. And I'm going to drop a little bit lower, uh, you know, out of this range for my fourth cash game cornerstone pick. And it's going to be Cameron Tringali uh, at $7,200. It, it fared well uh, last week. Uh, the guys have been playing really, really solid golf here recently. I think in, in the last couple of months, even towards the end of last season, uh, he was playing very, very good golf. He's been making a ton of birdies. Uh, top seventh in birdie or better gain in the last 50 rounds. He's strong on par fours. Top 10 in strokes game, par fours in the last 50 rounds. 15th in bogey avoidance. Uh, again, iron game is strong. Tee to green game is going to be good. Making a bunch of cuts. So my four cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be Ben on at $9,500. Ryan Moore at $9,100, Dylan Fratelli at $7,900, and Cameron Tringali at $7,200. This is going to leave you well over $15,000, I think closer to $16,000 left under the cap. So plenty of room to do whatever else damage you'd like to do. So let's move on to a couple more GPP players I do like in this upper 7K range. Harris Inglis, again, I'm going to start with him. Uh, The ball striking has been pretty good for him, and he's always been a good putter, and his putter hasn't been the greatest. It really hasn't been what he normally does, but his ball striking has been improved so much in these last couple events. Uh, he's been making a ton of birdies. He's actually first in the field in par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards and seventh in the field in strokes game par four. And like I said, that's where the difference is going to be made in this event because the par fives are fairly easy. So uh, I, I like English at that range. I also like Troy Merritt. You know, Troy Merritt finished up uh, at the PGA Championship. Uh, and then, you know, and then I think he played like two or three European Tour events, uh, made the cut in all of those events. So he's coming off a pretty decent, you know, wave of good play uh, from across the pond. And so, uh, you know, I think, he, I think he was top 10 here, top 20 last year uh, when he played this event. His iron game solid, you know, wedge game solid, good on par fives. So I'm a fan of Troy Merritt um, in this range as well. Who do you like in this upper 7K range, Tambo? I like Fratelli, who you mentioned, uh, you know, big price drop. He had a hole-in-one last week, actually, to kick off his third round. He started on the back, and on hole 10, he he popped one in the hole there. Uh, he also had a 15th here last year on his first visit, so I, I don't mind him. He's running hot at 7,900. His stats were great off the tee. Every, everything looked good there last week. Um, Harold Varner, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, as many people will be on him at 7,800, but four to four made cuts here with a 14th and a 15th in there. I uh, did have a decent run at the Green Greenbrier, and so you do see a little bit of form showing. Don't mind him at his price. Von Taylor, I like at seventy six hundred. Price drop seems insane. It was like ninety three hundred or something last week. That's you know even more than strength of field. That's just a huge price drop, and, and I like him from a stat perspective overall. So uh, made the cut here last year, fifteenth place three years ago. I would call it a bad week for him last week, but he only missed a cut by two. Uh, and it's almost a $2,000 price drop. So it's not like the guy had a terrible week. It's just a bad week for a golfer. It happens. Um, Carlos Ortiz, amazing stats across the board. T4, disappointing finish, but should be happy overall. Be- better on POA and three for three made cuts here. Don't mind him. And then always a Kevin Tway guy. think he'll be less popular just because he won here last year. People don't always go back to that like the previous week winner like Munoz or last year's winner like Tway in this case. But uh, 24th and 11th in his playoff events in the, in the Northern trust and the BMW, and then a win here last year. Don't hate him at 7,700, always a volatile play, but definitely has upside. All right. Keep on going. Let's go down to this bottom 7k range Tambo. Yeah, I'll kick it off with my final T3PO and it's going to be Jim Furyk over Brendan Steele. Uh, I know some people call it the Brendan Steele open because he's got two wins here back in the 16, 17. Uh, He's a California guy. You know, he played all right at the Greenbrier, but honestly he hasn't been good beyond that. So uh, I do like Jim Furyk here, way too cheap for his capability and his upside, you know, tough fields he's been great in. So, and this isn't a tough field by any means. I'm just saying it's the toughest safe way open we'll see. So when he's way down at 7,400, I think there's plenty of safety and upside. You know, I know he's old, but he's not bad. Um, So the guy has been good on POA. Uh, strong likelihood to make the cut with the upside for a whole lot more. So definitely think Jim Furyk, ball striking extraordinaire for many years. I think he can show up here. It's not like you have to be a super bomber to get the job done. So he, he's going to be fine. I like him over Steele for my third and final T3PO. Martin Laird, five out of five made cuts. Talked about it in some quotes that he's got the the right ball flight for it. I know you hinted on that in the course review. Talking about not, you know, we're not going to tout apex, but you, like you said, it's, it's a little tougher if they have that low ball flight. He's got a really high ball flight. 
Uh, and he talked about that and said that's why this course sort of suits him. He's five for five on made cuts. Did not play well last week. But with those made cuts that I talked about, he has a third, a 17th, and an eighth mixed in. Uh, with an eight, with the eighth and the 17th being two of the last three years. And he's better on POA. So I like Laird way down at 7,300. Another guy like my love for Tway is Johnny Vegas. Always Vegas. You know, I talked about RBC Canadian Open a little bit earlier. Uh, with the POA greens there, he just, you know, similar, stronger field-ish. So I do like him. He was solid his last two times out at the Northern Trust and the JDC, the John Deere Classic, with a sort of 38th, I think, and 35th type finishes. So I always like him for upside, but he's also volatile, uh, like I mentioned, with Tway. So they're very similar plays at a little bit different pricing. Other than that, only a couple more here, Kenny. I've got, you know, Tringali, who you mentioned. I think he's still a fine play. Uh, and then the other guy I really like is Doc Redman. Still, still too much talent to go away from him. Still, you know, couldn't get the putter going last week really at Sanderson and still gets a, a minus five finish for a T52. He definitely has more upside than that. And at just 7,200, his price didn't change. I don't mind that one bit. I think he's got the upside to go low here. Yeah, well, in this range, I do like um, Lanto Griffin, who's been playing pretty good golf. A couple of solid finishes his first couple of weeks uh, here on the, uh, the, the the fall swing. He's been playing uh, pretty decent. I think he finished, I think they're both top 20s uh, that he's done. So, you know, pretty good streak that he's going on. Uh, he's been putting well. His iron gain's been good. Uh, he's been good from, you know, really strong par five score. Uh, so I do like Lanto Griffin in this range. Um, C.T. Pan, a guy that you probably won't have too many stats for uh, that are going to pop out for you but you know a shorter course i think uh that's going to be his forte a uh, really good with his wedges and long irons avoids bogeys so i do like ct pan i think he's going to be overlooked you're going to probably get him at a uh, single digit ownership in gpps so i do like him as a play and again i'm going with more koreans this week i do like sun kang um you know he looked pretty good uh from a ball striking perspective uh his last time out at greenbrier uh, and his best uh, putting uh, uh best putting surface is going to be uh poa and he's been you know the thing that's been keeping him back has been his putter here recently with all his missed cuts he's been losing a whole bunch of strokes on these greens so maybe getting back to a little bit more uh positive you know mental capacity uh putting surface will help him out a little bit and again you're going to get him at minuscule ownership again and he's 10th in strokes game par five in the last 50 rounds in this field so i do like sun kang so basically roster all the koreans uh this week is what i'm telling you all right, so let's move on to this 6K range. Tambo, why don't you get us started? Yeah, Cameron Percy right at 6,900. 24th here last time he played. It was years back, but uh, still solid stats across the board last week and a T11 finish. Don't mind him. Back on Adam Long, 6,900, you know, great price. 23rd and 14th his last two times out. Uh, solid stats still last week. Suits the course and just made the cut here on his debut last year. So I'm fine with him. Sepp Straka, 6,800, was the first-round leader here last year with, a, I think it was a nine-under round. Obviously, we know he's a solid ball striker, so he did finish, you know, five off the cut last week, but nothing was really going his way. If you look at the stats, it just it just didn't happen. Again, I think a great ball striker, we talked about it earlier, can get back on a good path at a course like this, uh, you know, sets up well, remembers what that first round was like last year and, and grinded it from there. So I'm okay going back to him for GPPs, you know, 20-plus lineup type guy. Always on Sam Ryder. I'm a sucker for cheap rider. He's my miscut in my main lineup last week, but I'll go back to him. Missed right on the number, and it was a bad triple bogey that he battled back from and just couldn't quite get there. Um, so it wasn't a great week overall for him stats-wise, but he is better on POA and easier courses. Uh, finished fourth here last year. I think 6,800 is too cheap for him. A couple others, I guess I'll go down to uh, Canadian Pride with Mackenzie Hughes, 6,600. Two for three made cuts here with a 33rd and a 13th. Wasn't great at Greenbrier, but a couple good outings at, you know, the RBC Canadian Open, which I've been mentioning a few times here, just for the POA and the field strength. So, you know, I do like him showing back up, getting comfortable on the POA. Uh, has some results here at 6,600. Tyler McCumber and Chris Topher Ventura. I'm not really going to go away from them. I, I like Tyler more, uh, you know, not just because the name, but he, he just couldn't find the putter at Sanderson. Uh, it was actually really bad. But if you look at his you know, cards and you go back and see what the results were. It was really just a couple bad holes. And he came 25th here last year when no one even knew who he was. Uh, and lots of people still don't, but I, I do like him. Ventura would more be a flyer for, you know, 50 ish lineups, throw him into some. Uh, and then very last for me is Maverick McNeely, Ma Maverick McNeely. So he's two for two cuts made here, born and raised Cali kid, 
grew up on POA, likes POA, as per the quotes that you can find out there. And at 6300 I think that's a great price for, you know, someone who's done well on the web slash Corn Ferry Tour as well. So uh, first off, Kenny, before you, I kick it over to you, are you back on your boy Campos at 6100 yeah, I was I was just gonna say, yeah, I'll be back on him. He made the cut last week. He had a pretty good round one, or round two. He was making a ton of birdies. Uh, you know, he's usually better. He's not the best uh, Bermuda guy, uh, which we saw last week. So, you know, uh, I think I don't know if he's ever putted on pole before. Uh, but you know, we'll see how that goes for him. I, I am gonna roster him at sixty one hundred dollars. I think he's one of the better options at that low low price range. But you get you took basically all my thunder. Uh, I do like Adam Long a lot. Iron Game has been extremely strong. Made his first couple of cuts uh, this season. I do like JJ Spawn um, as well here in this range. Uh, what's his price? He's like um, sixty eight hundred dollars. Uh, you know, he's been playing decent golf for the last couple of months. Uh, it hasn't been like outstanding, but at sixteen hundred dollars, I think I could go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a risk when it comes down to uh, spawn uh, at that price. You know, his putter has been getting a little bit better uh, here recently, uh, and so I'll definitely use him. I also do like um, Cameron Percy, like you said, and Step Straco, a first round leader here last year. Ball striker extraordinary. You sort of took my thunder on all of my my six K picks because we're gonna, we're right on it uh, when it comes down to that. Anybody else we need to add? A uh, couple more flyers I got. George McNeil, 6,500. Solid stats. Oh, yeah, I missed him. Yeah. So, I do like McNeil as well. Yep. Yeah, he had solid stats across the board uh, for a T6 last week. And he's got a 13th here back in the day. So, again, nothing. You can't go off one event last week, but it's just, as I said, it's a flyer. And then my last one is uh, a guy people should know the name, but haven't heard a lot from him or, or seen a lot from him. But Jamie Lovemark is another guy down there with McNeely at 6,300. Uh, he's another Cali guy. Got 45th quietly last week, has four for five made cuts here with one being a 20th. So he's got upside, very volatile, but upside at 6,300. And I guess if people want to try out, you know, go with Stars and Scrubs or if they want to try out the new, you know, go for five with one super low to get through and maybe that makes your six out of six happen. And if not, you still have five guys that you love to jam in that can still get some pretty big scores with this new six out of six thing. That's a possibility as well. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind that Love Mark play at all. I mean, the guy's usually a pretty good ball striker as well. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not opposed to that play at all. All right, so let's move on to the betting segment. Tambo, who do you got this week on bets? Hopefully, a winner, man, for once. But uh, it's been a while. But for me, uh, for talking about one anyway. But Betty Ann, I posted on Twitter today. Just got on it because I actually thought the number would drop a little bit. I got it at thirty to one with the each way. Uh, I normally don't each way anything under 50 to one, but with Benny Ann, I definitely do to get paid on, you know, the one quarter out on the top five. So I definitely like some Benny Ann again, talked about him a lot earlier, 30 to one with an each way is a solid number for me. Uh, I like Burgoon who I hit on quite a bit earlier. I got him at 60 to one with the each way. I got my boy HV three goat. I do like him here more than I've liked him in the past. I got him at 66 with each way. And then I got a terrible number because I was late on it on English. But, you know, everything you talked about and I talked about with him, I only got 70 to 1 with the each way. I think 100 was out there. Uh, and that boat, that ship sailed for me anyway. What do you got, Kenny? Yeah, I'm, I got Sungjae at 20 to 1 uh, this week. Uh, you know, maybe he can finally pull it off. You know, he's the next guy who's, you know, on course for that W. Uh, also, uh, Benny on, I got 28 to 1. I use Bovada, so, you know, I'm not going to get the best best numbers uh, there is. Uh, Dylan Fratelli at 50 to 1. Uh, Harris English at 66 to 1, and Cameron Tringali at 125 to 1. So I'm going for five of six here this week. I'm also going to bet Justin Thomas. Uh, probably not now at 6.6.5, um, 6.5 to 1. Those odds are a little bit. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to bet him live. Uh, hopefully he plays maybe in the uh, afternoon wave uh, on Thursday. I don't know if the tee times are out yet. But if he plays in the afternoon wave on Thursday, you know, maybe he'll get that number down a little bit with somebody going really, really low uh, on Sunday. Or if he just starts early in the morning on Sunday and just bogey, you know, pars or bogeys, you know, even par after nine, you're going to see his number drop from uh, from 6.5 to one. Uh, you're going to see it, you know, go up. So uh, I'm going to wait, but I am going to put a bet on Justin Thomas today at some point in time or when the tournament starts as well. I'll probably have some doubles. Uh, with Justin Thomas uh, and some people on the uh, Alfred Dunhill, uh, like a Tommy Fleetwood or something like that, uh, make some doubles with, with Justin Thomas uh, also this week. All right. So anything else we need to add? Yeah, what one bomb. I forgot my Maverick McNeely love did stray over to the betting site at 500 to 1 with the each way, just in case. You know, 
That'd be huge. Uh, that's too much, but nice. it, it's just a little sprinkle. Uh, and then, like you said, I'll see if there's anything in play, but nothing too serious. No, nothing else for me, Kenny. Yeah, I think as good as Tringali has played, 125 to 1 is a pretty good number. So yeah. I do like that bomb that I have for him. All right, tell them where they can find you, Tambo. Yeah, you mentioned earlier, gupscorner.com. Guys, use the promo code DGEN10. Definitely want to get over there right now. Actually, as we were recording this pod, uh, one guy won 50K on Showdown tonight using the tools. So uh, that's pretty cool to see. See a s- subscriber win that kind of money. Golf has been fire out of the gates. Obviously, like you said, you, you know, FOMO-wise, if you're looking to you know, compare bets, Kenny's been on fire. Gup's always been on fire. And that's sort of what got me a little bit on, not for much, but got me on to uh, Munoz last week because both those guys were on it and so passionate about it that I had to click it in. So for really cheap price, 10% off is going to be a solid deal. It's going to last for the whole 365 days. Want to get on that now. Mix in all the NFL that you can. We've been really doing well with that. Uh, and golf kicking off in the swing season and moving on. There's going to be some golf tools that come out soon as well. Uh, other than that, find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there. DM me if you have any questions. I'll try and post some stuff out throughout the week. Yep, of course, you can find me on Gup's Corner. Just like Tambo, my article's probably already out for this course preview. I got my stats to looking for. A couple other tidbits in the on the pod, just trying to keep it for the members there only. It's nothing big, but you can go over there and check it out. Also, you can find me on Twitter, at KendoVT. I always try and drop some nuggets. We'll see if that works out again this week. All right, guys, let's have a good let's have let's have a good week this week. It's going to be a good event. Let's win some motherfucking money, Degen Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.